0: welcome back to another untitled movie review i am one of your hosts matt roarbeck alongside he's allergic to tomatoes but he is tomato meter approved eric marchin
1: matt how are you
0: i'm good man it's a a marvel morning for us here who would have thunk you know watching a new marvel studios movie uh from my couch it kind of felt like a press screening because i got up early to do it um it's 7 a.m right i was yeah i was we got access to it yesterday um and I think that's maybe sort of telling um, to my anticipation for this Marvel studios movie. Um, But I slept on it and I decided to uh, I was excited for it. Don't get me wrong. And I was, but it got to like 10 PM last night and I was like, you know what? I think I really just need to go to sleep because my headspace is not like, I'm so tired right now. Like I'm not going to give this movie the attention it probably uh, deserves. So I woke up this morning On embargo day and uh, woke up at 7 a.m., ordered myself uh, a bucket of Starbucks cold brew and a a breakfast sandwich. And I which I would have done if we went into Toronto to uh, watch the press screening and uh, had myself a time watching a a Marvel Studios movie from my couch, which felt kind of weird. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I watched it last night, but um, before kind of just getting
1: into that, I, I wanted to also ask you, you know, Having kind of a delay towards it, do you think maybe that's also to do with the recent series that we've gotten? That you have had some content. That's fair. Yeah, MCU.
0: Like we're even three episodes into Loki, so like the last three weeks we've had Marvel Studios content. Hashtag content. Yeah, well, that's what Um,
1: the the MCU now stands for. It's not the Marvel Cinematic Universe. (laughs) Marvel content content universe. (laughs) universe. But (laughs) but no. But going back to it because like I feel also. You could look at, you know, um, Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier specifically and, and this having some, you know, connective tissue to that and sort of being on the military side and looking at characters that aren't necessarily. The espionage side yeah, of things. powered, yeah. but they're super spies um, and kind of feeling maybe a little bit let down by the, the you know final couple of episodes of that show which you know was going in a very interesting direction with (laughs) its social commentary on race in america where you know we'll get into this with black widow and sort of you know uh reproductive rights and sort of you know freedom of choice men
0: controlling women yeah. yeah
1: and and i think that's all there and it's very blunt but it's it's good for a movie like this to have stuff like that in there even if it is very much on the nose um Mm -hmm. but it just it it almost feels a little bit like as you mentioned like loki is 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 ongoing right now and that's kind of setting the stage for (laughs) you know the multiverse and sort of where that will go with the film series and things and you know we have um you know, two other like specifically, you know, Disney MCU movies coming out uh in this September, year, in November, and, <laughs> and a, a Sony in- Spider Man yeah. movie
0: too. Yeah, so four Marvel movies this year, and then th- you know the plethora of shows that we're getting. I mean, um, yeah, it, it's a lot of stuff. And and don't get me wrong, like I'm I just a uh, we're yeah we're reviewing Kate Shortland's Black Widow today. We'll get into that. You guys know that spoiler free. Just I want to get that off the top. So. Uh, in case people right at the beginning are worried that we're gonna give anything away, we won't. We might talk spoiler cast later, but right now, spoiler free. Um, yeah, I think um, having such a, a extended wait, right, and 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 also this being you know way overdue, I think as well a, a movie that obviously you know we know takes place in between civil war and infinity war and um i think that all kind of between
1: two wars
0: well that's what i mean right and i just like i i feel like all of that built up to being like oh is this going to mean anything is this just going to be kind of you know uh you know it was way overdue we needed to do it um we already know the fate of black widow from from endgame and 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 things like that that i think all that kind of built up to with what you're saying with getting the Marvel shows, um, before black widow, when black widow was supposed to be before all of those shows, um, I think led to me going, okay, I'm, it's been a while. It's been since Spider-Man far from home, um, uh, to get a Marvel movie. And then also on top of that, watching this at home, because it will be available on Disney plus premier access for 34 99 Canadian or 29 99 us. Um, and just, you know, missing theaters for so long. I think all of that was this weird, perfect storm of of going, okay, I'm looking forward to this, but like, I don't, like I can sleep on it. Like when I got the screener last night, where most Marvel movies, I'd be like, I have to watch this immediately. I'm like so excited for this kind of thing. Well, especially with um, WandaVision, right? Like it, yeah. it felt
1: like WandaVision truly became, you know, event television and you had to watch it, you know, either, you know, right as, as it was dropping at, you know, three, 4 a.m. in the morning, Eastern or first thing in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, Or avoid social media at all costs. Like it truly became this like obsession for the, the length of time it, it was, it was on, you know, in, in real time. And, you know, now we're getting, you know, a traditional Marvel movie and it almost feels like the ambition of what Marvel was doing with, you know, the, the films up to this point is now been sort of transferred over to the series where the series yeah. has become it's where they can be weird and experimental
0: right? or like, yeah. And then this feels a, a lot more traditional in the vein of, you know, like you mentioned Falcon and winter soldier or captain, the captain America movies or, or something like that. But and it's also a
1: footnote in this character's story because all mm-hmm. of, uh, automatically, you know, we're not talking about spoilers, but we know the fate of this character, at least for the time being, because you know, things who knows with
0: superhero comic book movies and comics exactly
1: but but like for for the time being you know we know the outcome of natasha and and as you said, there's there's this kind of obligation that you know this movie should have probably been made. She
0: deserved this, but it should have been made after Civil War right. or even before.
1: Yeah, and, and probably should have had at least two other films. This should have been like a trilogy because almost this movie feels like the second film in a trilogy, a trilogy where yeah. it's like the connective tissue between one and three where it's like, okay, we're going to give you some more filler and exposition you know into this character's backstory which you got a little bit of that in, in age ultron. of ultron right yeah. with julie delpy showing up who does yeah he's not alert. in this That's one <laughs> it's not in, which is unfortunate because i, I yeah. kind of was hoping that um she would be because she was in the news recently talking about you know the before uh films and not being a before four that would be a great uh name for the before fourth movie yeah four. b4 <laughs> <laughs> like the band like uh, f9 just b4 <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but yeah and 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 i kind of feel like this would be the second film in that trilogy of Black Widow movies if we had gotten it. And and obviously, you know, with Ant-Man and the Wasp being the first sort of female headliner and then the first solo one being Captain Marvel, it just seemed really weird that, you know, it's like this is now kind of basically a footnote in not only this character's <laughs> story, but in phase four itself.
0: Yeah. And I think that's probably it, it. I think it's a valid kind of criticism, even though it's not, you know, necessarily the actual. Content of the movie, but, but you're I looking think at it as a as a piece, whole, right? right? Yeah, and I think part of when you review these movies and when you watch them is how it fits into the overall MCU, and that doesn't mean that it can't just be a good standalone you know, action flick, which I believe this movie is. I think it's a solid diet mission impossible, essentially, to me. Yeah. And like, um, and that's, I think, totally okay. But I think that would have even been more okay if it was earlier and then felt like it had a little bit more weight to it or a little bit more meaning to it if it would have come, you know, if Black Widow, like you said, would have had multiple movies in the MCU already or if this would have come before her, you know, Uh, fate in in endgame and i think would have even brought more weight to that in endgame i mean i think she was you know she was a a, a very important piece of the mcu but it, it just sucked that she never got her due and now she finally is and then even after watching this and we'll get into the nitty gritty but like it it felt like oh that was enjoyable i mean i like everyone in this i like you know black widow the character i like getting more of her story um But ultimately, I just went, okay. um, I think it'll ultimately become forgettable in the overall now 26 movies in in the MCU just because it just, like you said, feels like a footnote. And I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with that i just wish that maybe this was six years ago or seven years ago that we got this or we had after iron man 2 you know black widow get her own movie right away much like everyone else in the mcu did uh, other than you know hawkeye um <laughs> which he's getting his due later this year as well so in a series um, like that's the yeah. thing
1: like that's going to be probably what like six episodes at least and yeah and you know like that's also going to be kind of a launching pad and and you know has connective tissue to this movie but um yeah watching this like and I also thought like you, like Scarlett Johansson much like Chris Hemsworth in the Thor films kind of feels like there's been this interesting sort of recreation of the character over you know their their tenure in the series
0: and literally 10
1: years (laughs) yeah and and i really think that johansson is still very much game for this series in this franchise and like it doesn't feel like a phoned in performance like she feels very present and and scarlett johansson's always been a very physical actor when it comes to sort of like action movie roles and like she always kind of seems to be game to do whatever you know the stunt may be or the the action sequence might be and and add a little something to it that you know somebody might decide like oh I'll just let a stunt person or a stand in come in and do this kind of stuff and and like there's a physicality to a her performance here that she really really sells but you can also tell you know and especially i'm sure you can even attest to this because you watch these movies more frequently but you look at where she started in iron man 2 to where she is now in this film and it does feel like the character has grown because of the actor in the role sort absolutely of taking yeah. authorship over it
0: yeah i totally agree with that and that's why it's kind of such a uh, it's just they kind of Painted painted themselves into a corner a little bit with the with the end game thing, and I know you needed you know some of that cast. Um, it, it, it's been ten years, like we just mentioned, that you know it's time to kind of hang out, hang up the boots for some people. But I agree with you that Johansson feels like you know much like Hemsworth that um, she does seem like she's game to you know she because there was such a long road of that character kind of finding its own that I feel like it is just almost like Thor. You know, finally in that third movie, started to realize what that character should be in this universe, and and same with Natasha, and I think that's why ultimately her death in Endgame had weight to it, because I feel like if you would have told us when we watched Iron Man two, would we have cared if that character, you know, left in in such a way? um, You'd probably be like, oh, whatever, I understand that, but. Um, moving on to this, like I mean, we'll get into it. I'll get over this stuff. So directed by Kate Shortland, uh starring Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, David Harbour, William Hurt shows up for a little bit, uh, Ray Winstone uh as the main villain, and, and Rachel vice um uh going to be released on July 9th, like I mentioned, on Disney Plus Premiere Access for $35 Canadian, $30 American, and will also be in cinemas. Uh, as well if they are open in your area and i think it's definitely worthwhile seeing this in a theater if you can i'm sure it still looks great on disney plus in, in atmos and uh and, and dolby vision but uh again it, this is purely like a non-stop you know it says 200 million dollar action movie so i feel like that's the the thing when we talk about um, the difference between the Disney Plus shows and the Marvel Studios movies. I was really intrigued by that going in. Is like, okay, we we're on our third Marvel Studios show. Um, I wanted to see how they're going to differentiate from one another of of being a two and a half hour experience or two hours and twenty minute experience versus a six hour or six hour five and a half six hour experience on television. And if you would notice, you know, the budget being used differently you know in a condensed thing and and would it feel more of a spectacle other than those other shows and i, I think this movie is like it, it like i mentioned it it very much to me feels like a a, a diet mission impossible and i, I don't which mean I like, a, I like that i like that which i don't even mean as a slight i like diet coke i like coke zero so like but you can I tell that
1: fallout specifically is has yes had influence yeah. on it in the way that a lot of the story you said you know, nonstop action, a lot of the exposition, the way that it's delivered reminded me of fallout where it's kind of on the go for the most part. And there's rarely a moment with the exception of the, the prologue and one scene that's been featured in the trailers a lot where you have the quote unquote family sitting down together yeah. in the present, the present being, you know, post civil war pre mm-hmm. uh, and, infinity, infinity. Yeah. Infinity and war. Again. Yeah. Um, yeah and sitting down and kind of having a a reunion of sorts, which I also feel like is weirdly um, a a criticism, a pointed criticism at the Fast and Furious movies. Like I feel like the the way that (laughs) some of the dialogue is written there with like, you know, uh, having a uh, family family. (laughs) construct for three years isn't really a family. And it almost kind of feels like it is like a direct, like, you know, breaking the fourth wall, making fun of the Fast and Furious movies, because like, there, I would say that this family is more of a family than the Fast and the Furious gang overall.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think you see that. And I think it's very intentional that this movie is inspired. Uh, I mean, even from its opening credit sequence, which for me, even in a Marvel movie, like usually that that credit sequence happens at the end of the movie, not at the beginning, usually in Marvel movies, other than Guardians. I'm trying to think of another one that has like a actual opening credit sequence usually you get right into it maybe there's a title sequence but then the end of the movie usually has you know the whole cast with music in the background and an animated sequence where this is really taking that spy thriller like a mission impossible or a james bond which which is obviously directly references yeah in you know i I don't want to get into spoiler territory but it really kind of leans heavy into that uh and taking things from that we would normally yeah, but see Black in a Panther Bond Panther did that as
1: well, right? Right. Yeah. Ryan Kugler even said that like yeah. one of his main inspirations for
0: oh that whole Black casino Man. sequence, yeah, yeah was, like was is Bond. And then this, I think, Bond and Mission Impossible and being born obviously. a little bit and, and born, with some, yes, like the with fighting in the, the editing, the fight style. in the in the Budapest sequence between the two sisters. Is it and Budapest stuff like that. or Budapest? Budapest. Sorry, um, <laughs> my my in laws are moving there in like a, a week, so I should know this. Um, yeah, so I it's obviously taking inspiration from all of those, which I don't think is a, a a bad thing and I think that goes back to the conversation we were having with Marvel movies and how they're kind of innovating and while this isn't necessarily innovating, it's it's actually fairly conventional and it's just being inspired by other, you know, modern spy movies. Um I do like the idea that Marvel is at this point and I think we've talked about this in other reviews and other shows where they can kind of take different genres and I mean Marvel movies have always been, you know, action spy movies at certain points and things like that well but some are blockbusters that's blo- kind of like yeah. what
1: they're defined as like big studio blockbusters that mm-hmm. have basically kind of taken over the landscape or mm-hmm. redefined the landscape of you know the commercial of commercial cinema
0: totally but i like that they can kind of have these sub genres now that they kind of take in and, and you know make a movie out of that and go okay well this is going to be the you know mission impossible spy thriller movie and it's going to be very much that through and through and like with wandavision being you know the mystery box kind of thing or or whatever which Jax the, Schaefer, yeah. who yes uh co-runner uh, did the story by
1: the story credit yeah yeah with, with ned, ned benson, benson who yeah. uh, wrote and directed uh, The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, which coincidentally features
0: William Hurt
1: in the supporting <laughs> cast who played uh, Jessica Chastain's uh, father in that film. Or those Yeah, movies.
0: and William Hurt being in this is, again, because it's right after Civil War, I guess, kind of makes sense, and it's just that connected The, Sokovia, the Yeah, Sokovia Corps. Sokovia, so they're, yeah. they're hunting. um, uh, Natasha. Anyways, Eric, maybe you go into it and like. uh well, I mean, what the, I, I think we've, that kind that's it, yeah, we've kind of gone over it.
1: Yeah, we've kind of gone over. I mean, this is a traditional kind of globe-trotting spy thriller, which basically looks at the fallout of um civil war and sort of Natasha now being on the <laughs> run, but also kind of having to look at her past and in, in facing her demons and and why she's kind of haunted by some of the decisions that she's made uh, early on in her career kind of, kind of kind of coming back into the fold and basically you know her having to somewhat reconcile with um you know this uh, family that she had uh in the 90s um, i think one of the best sequences in this film is the opening prologue which basically you know if if you watched fx uh the americans or mm-hmm. are a fan of uh, the sydney lumet movie running on empty um you'll kind of get an idea of of what they're going for very early on in sort of that setup um, of 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 that sequence and And like Kate Shortland's one of those filmmakers who, um, if you haven't seen uh, Somersault or Lore specifically, which is a post like just like right after World War II, and it's about this German family, um, specifically the children who have to go to their grandmother's house uh, and have to make the trip basically alone and go through this forest and um, sort of them again reconciling with what their parents did in, in world war two in Germany. And this kind of has some of that in there where it's like you, you see some of the character development as the story goes along, but a lot of it has already been sort of fulfilled in other Marvel movies. And what you're kind of left with, or sort of like the main sort of focus of this is the relationship between her and, you know, her kind of, sister but not really played by florence Pugh, who really is the standout of this movie in yeah terms for of, sure you know bringing uh, a new character into the fold and you know kind of being uh not only a good foil to natasha but also um you know being a successor in a lot of ways
0: yeah, and um, I mean going back to uh, the Mission Impossible thing too. I, I just quickly I won't. What's the keep same bringing composer? Up, right, well. it, Lauren Balfe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Rob Hardy, who was a cinematographer on. Uh, Fallout was supposed to do yes. this movie and then dropped out. And now it, it was Gabriel uh, Bernstein. But um, I just thought that's funny that they got the composer and they were trying to get the cinematographer from Fallout. And then you see a lot of that in this movie, but I will move away from the mission impossible uh, comparisons, but um, getting back into it. Yeah. I totally agree with you with Florence Pugh. Um, I thought uh, Yelena um, being a perfect, almost, you know, that's what this movie essentially is made for right it's a when, launching when we talk about when we talk about you know why did this come so late or why it feels weird and insignificant that it's coming after endgame and and takes place after civil war like this movie is florence it's so it's very much scarlett johansson's movie but it is a passing of the literal baton um personally, how I feel to Florence Pugh as, as Yelena. And I feel like it it was a, it's a wonderful introduction to that character, uh, a character that is very similar, but has a, a very similar background. Um, but I really found her charismatic. And I could probably do without the Russian accent, which I know you always brought up Scarlett Johansson had one in Iron Man 2. She does not. It's um, probably like the Mandela it's like, effect. Yeah. Then, like oh, where yeah. I'm totally.
1: Where like she, maybe it's that one scene in Avengers. In, yeah. There's maybe a scene where she phone. did
0: have a a Russian accent. I uh, don't know. Maybe get me I'm wrong, thinking of and, Elizabeth
1: Olsen more so than yes, anything else and, where like but, that accent did not work.
0: Where I would be, and I think Florence Pugh is is good at it. Like it wasn't distracting or anything. Oh, oh it's but, a phony,
1: it's a phony Russian accent, but which it's everyone kind of in like the, the movie, movie has that so. Russian accent. Like you can, which tell, like. like- if this was going to be like sort of like a, uh, you know, a dark gritty drama set in Russia. It might
0: not have worked. But for a pulpy action Marvel movie, you kind of forget it. And yeah. like and same with David Harbour and 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 Rachel Vice's Russian accents. And then I feel like Ray Winstone doesn't even try to do Russian. No, accents I, he, like, I mean, he's just Australian. So. But yeah, I, yeah,
1: but Ray Winstone is like. Is like the guy that you cast if you need to get somebody who is truly despicable and horrible. And it's very rare that he plays a nice guy in anything like the, the oh, one yeah, time like growl edit- tiger
0: and cats, you know? Right. Right.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why'd you bring that up? Um, but like sexy beast is probably like the closest thing he's played to sort of like not a decent person, but somebody that's not a complete monster. Like I love him in the departed as Mr. French. I think oh, he's yeah, awesome yeah. in that. And I, and I think he's great in sexy beast as well. But, um, yeah, like it's almost like, you know, you're cutting corners or or just like finding a way to like get to the point as quickly as possible with that casting where it's like, okay, we just need a guy who is literally almost like the Bob Hoskins of his generation where mm-hmm. you can cast somebody that can turn on that kind of slimy, misogynistic kind of um, patriarch kind of s- sort of style. And, and he does that very well like he's very good at it but it's almost like you know it's it's like a quick fix to to getting to the point
0: yeah no and i, I think he's totally fine in the role is that you know the the man behind the curtain kind of thing of the red room and and again well going the whole back third this- act
1: reminds me of of a certain marvel movie that's outside of the mcu um and I don't want to okay spoil anything, but I'll talk to you after uh, the right, recording. Right, but right. it just reminded me almost like it felt like they kind of recycled something that some of that some of it that's already happened, and it was like oh okay, like they're doing this again, weird, right?
0: Yeah. Um thought he was fine um but yeah Florence Pugh I thought um in the action sequences her chemistry with Scarlett Johansson I thought was wonderful like some of the funniest moments in the movie I think come between uh, those two characters which is I mean what we come to expect in a Marvel movie now of like Yes, it will be an action movie. Yes, it'll be, you know, this one being at least somewhat grounded, but like, you know that there'll be some comedy in there. And I liked that meta joke and, and talking about the character growing of Black Widow, right? Like, I think, you know, the joke about her posing when she falls at it, like does flips and always has to do this superhero pose. I think that's a fun meta joke. To poke fun at the origins of that character when she first came into the MCU, it's very much the Iron Man. Two Black Widow is very different than the Endgame Black Widow, and I think you know Yelena and and Natasha in this movie. There's a good chemistry between them, and they poke fun at that character and and the origins of that character and her being this superhero. I think uh, in a in a really fun kind of way that is also winking at the audience, going like you know we we understand how this character started and and where she's come from. So I don't know, I liked I liked them together a lot.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I I, I think that uh their their on-screen chemistry together feels like a, you know, big and little sister kind of chemistry that uh that kind of works and um it does have the closest thing to emotion where, you know, especially for Florence Pugh in one scene where she sells it quite well and and sort of, you know, talking about like how you know as a child like it meant something to her emotionally and and I think that that works and again you know the commentary here is important and right sort of yeah. the idea of, of you know this Russian patriarch and patriarchs in general or you know the government having a say or control over um the destinies of women and and you know, the female body and sort of like looking into that in a very sort of overt manner, but still at least addressing it in totally, yeah. a Marvel movie, which I think is a really good step in, in in the right direction. You know, it doesn't have to be perfection, but there is progress there.
0: Yeah, which they alluded to in her history in the other movies. Right. But it was just kind of, you know, touched upon where, again, I agree with you that it is very blunt. It is, um, you know, even uncomfortable when they talk about it, but, um, and I think that's just, uh, again, be taking this long to have, you know, this is only what the second, female-led Marvel movie after Captain solo, Marvel, yeah. right? Solo,
1: yeah. So, so uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp was the first one. Sure, and yeah. And then Captain Marvel was the second, but that was the first solo
0: movie. And then to tackle subjects like this in that movie, in this movie, I think is very important. And I agree with you that maybe it's overt, it's very blunt, but I think in a Marvel movie, that's kind of what you need to do if you're going to like talk about these things. And I, I'm totally uh, with you that that's important to note that they kind of went, head on on that and, and, and discuss that. Well, there's I even will a say, bit
1: of morbid humor with it
0: as oh, well. Totally. Where and that Florence once you in the of, helicopter, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's,
1: and it's almost like a passing joke, but it kind of, it feels like the strongest kind of pointed Barb at, again, sort of,
0: it's an uncomfortable, like if you are laughing, yes, right, exactly. Built yeah. On
1: controlling every aspect of a woman's body and mind and and sort of, you know, basically, you know, there's no chance of of creating your own uh, choices and having your own, you know,
0: rights. And I if, think that's the right way to approach it in this. Right. Um, if I was going to uh, criticize anything in the movie, I'd say like Taskmaster was pretty disappointing as a villain. Like if you're because I think a villain is super important in, in Marvel movies and they haven't always nailed it but i think this goes back to um kind of the days of being an unmemorable kind of nothing sort of villain well, like taskmaster's
1: just, really not sort of the villain like like yeah. I, I would say ray winstone is, is the, the villain, villain. Of the piece yeah. and, and that's and and taskmaster's more of the hench uh sort of men ca- kind of character yeah. where like you get the idea of okay like you know there's always somebody behind this thing that's really right. pulling the strings and you know they're they they don't hide that it's in the opening <clears> prologue so it's not a spoiler like in
0: but in, in the trailers they are kind of trying to sort right. of hide that right yeah and i guess, I, but I, I, it's I feel kind of like ta- it a little bit well that's what i mean but like in a marvel movie you want the costumed kind of villain not you want but i mean I'm totally fine with it being, you know, the man behind the curtain kind of thing. And Taskmaster is just the the person that they sent out to, you know, do the dirty work. But the idea of Taskmaster, I think, is really cool of a villain that has studied and analyze the avengers and every hero to perfection where they can mimic their fighting styles and mirror mirror, yeah mirror their fighting styles so at times like you go oh but i think all the coolest moments with taskmaster are in the trailer where you see uh them um kind of mimicking black panther at a point hawkeye at a point captain america at a point uh obviously natasha at a point um and i think that's such an awesome cool idea i just don't think the movie does a great job of kind of showcasing that like taskmaster has a few sequences we've seen some of them in the trailer there's obviously more of it in the movie but each sequence i never really kind of went oh shit that's what they're doing in that moment and i was like oh this is like obviously with the shield and captain america with black panther and the nails and kind of stuff like that but like i wanted to almost see like a distinct fighting style from each thing a spider-man moment or whatever moment and like i feel like taskmaster had the potential to be really really cool and that kind of just missed the mark in the movie and i just felt like yeah ray winstone and and is is again the head of the Red Room. It's he is the ultimate baddie you have to in the want me movie. to say red rum yeah red yeah red yeah rum Instead of so red i don't know room. if you're with me on that but like i, I just no, felt taskmaster kind of but i think my biggest
1: problem with with taskmaster um great name though uh is yeah. it's just it's so close to bucky and that's the point point. and sort of yeah. like creating a program that rivals the winter soldier as you know like you look at uh russia and america's relationship i mean there's that as well where like the red guardian played right. by uh david, david Harbor is always talking about you know captain america He's and being obsessed, his equal <laughs> yeah or <laughs> yeah. better than yeah you know? and like to the point where that even you know ruins the relationship that he has with you know the women closest to him and um i just kind of felt like oh we, we already kind of saw all that stuff with you know the winter soldier and it kind of felt like that was also a retread of, you know, the, the second, captain america movie where you know you you basically were kind of getting something that was just very formulaic and similar to what we've already seen before yeah taskmaster is kind of cool looking in that kind of like almost like you could put that character in like a purge movie um yeah you know, sure with the yeah. mask and things like that but, sell an
0: action figure yeah, yeah exactly.
1: it, and that's what it is that's ultimately what it is it's like if i were like eight or nine years old and i saw that the as sword and like toys G- r us yeah yeah as an action figure i'd be like i'm buying that like that you know, yeah. like like mom Buy that for me, uh, but 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 now I'm just kind of like in terms of character development and overall sort of like
0: they try to give story. them a, a emotional weight as well, and I just I think that kind of I don't know, it just didn't work. Yeah, either without I mean, getting like, into it, but. yeah,
1: there's stuff in it. Kind of almost feels like okay, like well, you know, maybe they'll leave things open for you know future movies or series or something like that to go back to it. But it also feels like it is also kind of like partly like winking at the camera with casting. Um, specifically with with a reference that's already come before, um, mm-hmm. but I'll leave it at that. Um, but it, it's, it, it's just one of those things where it's like overall, you know, Taskmaster is nowhere near as interesting as like, you know, the phantasm, you know, in Batman.
0: Sure, in, yeah. In
1: the Mask of the Phantasm, like something like that, where like the character and the story both kind of are essential to what's going on where you could you could take yeah that's what i mean and you have any it it wouldn't change anything like even
0: the fight sequences aren't even that exciting like i felt like yelena's fight sequence in the house the born kind of sequence that we're talking about is more interesting than anything with taskmaster are you talking
1: about when when um uh, Natasha first goes to the safe house in, yeah, in, in Budapest. Budapest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like the the first time you're introduced to Taskmaster, it, it's in Norway, and there's a scene. It's a scene on a bridge, and you're kind of thinking, like, you've already watched, you know, a couple action sequences before that, and you're kind of numb to it by that point. You know, like because the action is just nonstop. It it's not always creative or innovative like it doesn't really feel like with the mission impossible movies that you know like their sequences yeah based on the surrounding or you Mm -hmm. know where they shot like this almost feels like they came up with the idea before and just implemented it into uh the scene but i could be wrong with that. but
0: then that's what i mean you need to have like then If you're not going to do what you're saying there, then you need to make Taskmaster's fighting style, which on paper sounds fucking awesome. You need it to be awesome. And it just I just felt like it never really was. Like just cool look
1: it's just a cool looking character. Like it's like Boba Fett. Taskmaster is the Boba Fett of (laughs) of the Marvel cinematic universe. Yeah. Um, No. And, and, uh, and I will.
0: Fine, sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah. No, and the, I, the
1: one thing that did bother me though, as well, and I yeah. think we should talk about this. So the other thing that's always bothered me with Black Widow is that they've written that character to always fall in love with one of the other sort of co-stars whether it be you know kind of having a weird like are they going to hook up flirty relationship with captain america and then you know a relationship that didn't make any sense with with bruce banner basically kind of coming out of nowhere um and then even weirdly at times in the first avengers movie maybe alluding to it with with hawkeye, hawkeye as well yeah. but then and,
0: that became brotherly almost right? yeah yeah like, like, like sibling you know yeah. relationship
1: um and with this there is a little bit of that with uh her handler that uh, she rick kinda, mason yeah. yeah that she works with and it kind of feels like Okay, maybe there was something there. There's this flirtiness to it that kind of bothered me a little bit. And like that kind of like just reminds me. Well, that also feels
0: thrown in too. And I'm sure they'll bring that character back too, which is why he, like this movie is literally just to introduce other characters that might come back. Right. Because the main
1: character isn't. So (laughs) let's bring all these other people in that we can possibly bring back in other you know, films or series after this movie, because obviously the lead, you know, we kind of, you know, painted ourselves into a corner. <laughs> so
0: Yeah, because I think the character he's playing is like a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and things like that who did have, you know, a relationship with Natasha when she was, you know, uh, fully in, in S.H.I.E.L.D. and that's kind of hinted at. I agree, but like you could also rip that character out. And I mean, he's just there to, you know, help her you know go under the radar or whatever and like well
1: just a supplier like, with yeah the, with the, the passports, passports and, and equipment and yeah the, the technology she needs you mm-hmm.
0: know yeah and sorry the actor's ot fag Benally? yeah fag and he's Benally? from um yeah.
1: the handmaidens uh t- yeah
0: um yeah, so I agree with you there as well that like you don't always need that, and I you. And I'm know, talking not... more
1: so just of the series with her in general, with Natasha right. in general, where it, like it almost felt like she was there just to be a love interest at times.
0: Which, being the only you know woman in the Avengers, feels kind of like, uh, do you really need to do that like yeah. constantly? Like um, at least when she was first introduced, up until you know, well, even recently. with Iron Man, right? Like it kind of felt like she was like
1: the love triangle character with yeah. Pepper Potts, so. right?
0: He the first thing he says is i want one of those yeah. like <laughs> in an iron man 2 about her right so that's again the progression of the character i think you know is great and just again going back to i think what's important in these marvel movies i think it's a thoroughly enjoyable action movie from start to finish you said it's non-stop action not there's never one sequence that is like standout. S- i agree with you where the opening with the airplane and and the kind of the americans undercover need to escape shield kind of thing is, is kind of yeah in ohio is really kind of cool um but that's also but, the emotional
1: core like i yeah. like you get the family dynamic right away like you get the idea that you know you have Florence Pugh's character at a younger age not understanding completely what this is where Natasha at this age already has become or has already been indoctrinated into you know being trained to become a black widow but also at the same time is still somewhat protective of you know her fake sister and like There's there's something really there. And that to me also kind of brought out like the best stuff that, you know, Kate Shortland has done so far in her career where it kind of felt like, okay this this is like, you know, a European filmmaker or, you know, an Australian filmmaker, pardon me, kind of like looking at America in this kind of more cynical point of view, you know, like you wouldn't right. this wouldn't be the same if it was the Russo brothers uh Fair. directing this opening sequence. Yeah,
0: and I will I agree with you and that I like that they're bringing in more and more interesting filmmakers. Um Yeah. Uh but yeah, I think like thoroughly enjoyable but like again, I I hate to keep comparing it to those movies, but I mean the movie is very overtly kind of pulling in from them, but like there's much more memorable stuff in a, in a fallout or even a rogue nation or uh, even a skyfall to me like um the born movies i feel like maybe it's more in line um with those for me but like i still really enjoyed it i just think ultimately um what I will remember from this movie is like, okay, I, I assume it's weirdly I have...
1: inconsequential overall. Yeah. which I yeah. like a self-contained movie and that's what this kind
0: of is. Like this truly does feel like you it... could watch this without seeing any other Marvel movie. Yeah. Like there's certain
1: references throughout that, that are obviously there to be sort of, you know, for the fans. It not, I mean, it is pandering, but like it makes sense because it still is a part of the MCU. But normally I do like self-contained stories and like to me, if you're just looking at this as like, again, like an espionage thriller, you have to kind of compare it to other espionage thrillers that it, it is also referencing in the film itself and to me you kind of nailed it on the head like there's no real like it's not a bad like we mentioned you know the budapest safe house scene being kind of like the standout there are some
0: good moments and good action sequences but there's nothing that
1: you haven't seen done well before
0: even the skydiving fight sequence at the end of this is kind of like we've seen
1: you would think that marvel would step this up like there there would be something in this that would like be like oh wow like that like really you know set itself apart from you know what we've gotten in the last five or ten years with you know these spy movies
0: yeah even iron man 3 which i think it's a political spy thriller right like oh, yeah. and I, I love iron man 3 and that sequence on air force one i think is leaps and bounds more memorable and you still remember or more that interesting. like when you think of that you like, think
1: of the humor and you think of that action set piece with this it's like yeah, they had a tank at one point, you know, driving yeah. through
0: Budapest. The thing was falling from the sky and they jumped out and they fought in the sky. Or there's like, again, like there's moments, but I think ultimately, you know, because I do, I, we don't know this, but you, you believe Florence Pugh's going to stick around. So like, um, and maybe other characters as well. Like, that's what I think we'll remember. We'll go, oh, they were introduced in that, in Black Widow. <laughs> like, yeah. like but 10 years also down get the them line. Confused with other movies yeah. Because
1: then you'll be like, oh, wait. Was there like a Harry Craft scene in Black Widow or am I still that thinking Winter about Soldier. Winter Soldier Yeah, or the first Avengers movie? Like yeah. this movie will kind of bleed together with some of the other MCU films that are kind of on that same level where you just will forget like which movie it was a part of.
0: Yeah. And I don't, it, again, if you're a fan of these movies, which you guys listening, to you know that I'm a huge MCU person. I do an MCU re- rewatch every week. I, you know, religiously wake up in the mornings to watch the shows. Now we talked for almost an hour on Marvel reviews and we, I would want to do spoiler cast. So you know, I'm a huge fan. So like I was satisfied. I don't know. I'm not over the moon about it. Um, I wanted it to I be think, more though. I think I yeah. wanted
1: this to be a great send off for Scarlett Johansson.
0: And ultimately I found it to be adequate. And I agree with that. And I feel like, if this would have maybe come like out as well. yeah. if this would have maybe come out six years ago, I think maybe, you know, I'd feel probably pretty much the same, but I feel like it would have made more sense then. Um, like in the overall bigger picture of things. But even with something like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which ultimately the last couple episodes are disappointing, to me is more memorable because of John Walker and because of like Anthony Mackey becoming Captain America and like the lasting implications of what what. what that show will be while still has, maybe it doesn't have the big set pieces that this movie does, but like I kind of put them in the same, like if we're going to, I'm going to give the movie a three and a half. I still really liked it, um, but I wasn't over the moon about it. What about you?
1: I'm going to give it a three. I I also think that if maybe black widow was released either later or before or or Falcon and the winter soldier was released a little later and before, because they do cover kind of, similar similar yeah. a lot of like there's their aesthetic their style choices sort of again and in originally this was supposed craft. to be
0: before it and there's yeah. a big thing i think if there was some time
1: between it i would have given it a higher rating or at least wouldn't have felt completely burnt out but having spent you know not too long ago a couple months ago having you know watched six episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I kind of got my fill of, of the, the spy thriller MCU set stuff where like, I think yeah. like, if, if Black Widow had opened, like say, you know, uh, later this year or
0: early next year, maybe there would have, just given me a little bit more time more to time. like just and appreciate I, it more and i'd be interested if i saw it before how would i have felt about like would i have felt even more negative on those last couple episodes of of falcon and the winter soldier right. if i saw it before and i mean again and it kind of recontextualizes some things in that show too which i think is really interesting as well so like uh i again i i'm i'm fascinated of if a moment in that show would have played differently if we would have saw this movie first and if if a sequence in this movie would have been more like holy shit what the hell is this like um rather than just being like oh cool <laughs> like right. you know what i'm talking about I know what right you're talking yeah about, like yeah. the post-credit sequence like we're not going to tell you guys what it is but like there i feel like it loses its muster a little bit now that this got delayed and um it's still cool i'm still intrigued by it um but ultimately um i think covid pushing these things around you can see that what you said puzzle piece it's, it's sure, now well, it shows like
1: your continuity is important
0: yeah and, and, and where and you put kind of the these order. movies yeah, yeah. And I feel like, you know, I could see why they looked at them and go, okay, well, it's not going to play the exact same, but it'll still work. So we can delay this and put this out early to make sure that we have hashtag content for people to watch. But like, um, to me that kind of goes, uh, I wonder if I would have, like you said, felt differently if this movie was five years ago, if it was two years ago, if it was last year before all the MCU shows, like, it's just interesting when, uh how that can change your perception of a movie. So I ultimately really liked it. And then lastly, Eric, before we go, um, just your MCU, like, where do you think you would put this? I don't, you might've oh, I've already, already done it. So I've done it too. Let and I've just, up on I have my logs. list private. My list is private right now because the embargo isn't, uh, over yet, but it will be in half an hour, but I have it. Do you want me to kick it off or what? Yeah, sure. Cause our, I'm sure our rankings are very different, but yeah. like, I have it right under the first Captain America movie and right above Doctor Strange. Interesting. Um, okay. So you want okay. So. I, but I almost here's the thing. My thinking, I could be persuaded to put it above Iron Man 2, but below Doctor Strange. But like I really just Ant-Man and the Doctor Strange movies just don't do much for me. And I I've liked Natasha as a character more. And I do feel like the action sequence of, sequences in this, to me, uh I, I like. And and Florence Pugh and more memorable characters to me than in the Doctor Strange movies, so I have it at number eighteen. So eighteen out of twenty six, um, uh, right under Captain America: The First Avenger, and right above Doctor Strange, which is then right below Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I'm saying I enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier slightly more than this. That's All right,
1: so I have mine at number. I have Black Widow at uh fifteen okay uh, on my list uh which is um captain america the first avenger is before it at 14 yeah. and then afterwards at number 16 is the falcon and the winter soldier and then okay, Doctor so we're strange, around the same and then dr strange is 13 dr strange is the movie where like i'm actually itching to re-watch it but i want to yeah. watch it closer
0: to to multiverse to, of madness to, yeah. yeah
1: um but I love the horror genre, so I think I was more, maybe the first time around, just, like, disappointed that it wasn't more fun, Yeah, if that makes any sense. Even though, like, it, it had its moments here and there, and, and, like, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is actually quite good as Doctor Strange, but... um it's the one that I like. I think he's great this, as Dr. Strange
0: too. I just, yeah.
1: Got, looking at this list, it's the one that I'm actually kind of like most intrigued to revisit, rewatch? um, closer to the release of the sequel. Um, or where, that's interesting.
0: Cause I think it's the other way around for me where I've seen it two or three times. Cause I've done those MCU. Yeah, I haven't where I've seen those MCU rewatches. And each time I watch, so each time I watch Doctor Strange, each time I watch Ant-Man and each time I watch Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel now, those are the four movies that go lower and lower on my list each time I watch them and now are all in that bottom 10, bottom five movies of like – I mean, it's no Thor Dark World or Incredible Hulk. I Which still are think my that uh,
1: 25 and
0: 26. S- same with me. But then when you have between – 20 to 24 is iron man 2 ant-man thor captain marvel ant-man and the wasp for me like so i captain marvel keeps going lower i just think ant-man and the wasp is a complete wash like i just felt like you know what let's just do our
1: let's do our let's just do a total uh,
0: total (laughs) yeah update okay i'll go one one to 26 so i'm I'm a basic bitch, and my one and two are Endgame and Infinity War. And then you go into Civil War, so very basic. But then you go into Homecoming. I'm a huge Spider Man fan. I loved. Homecoming, then you go into Ragnarok for me, which is I just think completely reinvents that character and is exactly what Thor needs to be in the MCU. Then you go into WandaVision for me, so you know how much I loved WandaVision. Like, so I what really number thought are we at they, now with Wandavision? six. Sorry, so I'll okay. say a uh, four Spider Man Homecoming, five Ragnarok, six is WandaVision. Then you go into Black Panther at seven, which the more I watch that movie, the better and better it gets then you go to iron man three which i know me and you have it way higher than most people do on our lists i have it at number eight then i have the first iron man i'm just super nostalgic for that movie i think it completely crushes it when you're kicking off this universe at number nine then you have winter soldier at 10 for me uh guardians 2 at 11 guardians 1 at 12 far from home at 13 this is a shocker age of ultron at 14 it goes up Every time I watch it. Uh, especially after Wandavision now, I felt like I enjoyed it way more. And I actually really love James Spader as Ultron. So that's a movie that I've kind of grown into actually thoroughly enjoying. Did WandaVision um, help though at all with that? it? It uh, definitely did. Yeah. It actually a hundred percent did. Um Uh, Avengers at 15, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier at 16, uh, 17 Captain America the First Avenger, 18 you have Black Widow, 19 Doctor Strange, 20 Iron Man 2, 21 Ant-Man, 22 Thor, 23 Captain Marvel, 24 Ant-Man and the Wasp, 25 Thor the Dark World, and 26 The Incredible Hulk. So just to talk about the last bit there i kind of already went over it but um dr strange i liked as an intro i love benedict cumberbatch as dr strange but i didn't love dormammu or even mads Mikkelsen. um i find this kind of wasted wasted. um iron man 2 i think kind of gets a bad rap even though it's still in that lower tier of marvel movies um like i think mickey rourke is more memorable than you know some of the other villains we've talked about, even maybe not in a good way, but well, his like, um, is memorable. I've wanted my bird. Um, talking about Russian accents. There you go. Um, and then Ant-Man, I love Paul Rudd, but both Ant-Man movies just don't do, I just don't care about that character very much or like well, his think powers. And like
1: disappointing just in the fact that like that could have been an Edgar Wright movie. You that's know?
0: also true. But I just yeah. feel like with both Ant-Man movies, like, yes, uh, The quantum realm has become more important post-Endgame and I think we'll be – and I'll be curious. I think Ant-Man has the potential, Eric, to be like Thor where the third movie is the one that finally gets me, right? Where you bring in Jonathan Majors as, as Kang the Conqueror. It feels like he's going to be super important to the MCU. You're going to be dealing with time stuff, which we're seeing a little bit in Loki right now. Um, Will Kang be introduced in that show? Like, I think Quantum Mania, although it is Peyton Reed again, which who's is my who's like all three of who's them, like all three of them has where, been
1: directed by a different filmmaker each time. And then
0: Taika is the guy who I feel like elevated that to be, you know, what Thor is now. Yeah. Well, forward, and also Taika right?
1: Waititi is a much better filmmaker than Peyton. Reed I agree. Reed. Like, in terms yeah. Of like, I mean, nothing against Peyton Reed; he's just a journeyman director, and that's fine. But like, uh, he's directed yeah. all three, so you're kind of gonna get like a you know pretty middle of the road action yeah, adventure movie
0: exactly and then the two thor movies the first one is actually um you know i i've come around on it it's not an awful movie i just Those dyed I, i'm kind of yeah are, yeah there's some not so great stuff there i like all the stuff on asgard in the first movie i don't like the stuff on earth I see think i the,
1: don't mind you know, the stuff on earth um, more than the stuff on asgard because the stuff on earth just kind of feels like a fun fish out of water yeah I, I don't get me wrong i love I, natalie portman the,
0: the introduction of loki and and you know I, I i i think there's some good stuff in there captain marvel's the one that kind of bottomed out for me. Um the more I watch it where I just feel like they completely wasted the 90s setting. I feel like Brie Larson uh you know, I think she could be great as that character. I just think it was really rough around the edges in that movie and um the lighting is really awful in Captain Marvel, like really bad yeah. <laughs> uh, to the point where it's distracting. Um and I just think all the stuff at the beginning opposite of Thor, where I feel like all the space stuff for me doesn't work at all. And then when she's on earth, it gets a little bit better, but I also feel like they wasted the nineties thing and ends up just kind of being kind of nothing to me. And I'll remember, okay, that was the movie where they introduced, you know, um, uh Monica Rambeau and things like that like I'm just I don't know like doesn't Jude Law doesn't do, was it Jude Law is that who I'm thinking yeah, yeah. see there yeah, you go Jude, like, Law, well, Jude and, Law doesn't do much for me was and supposed like, to
1: be that role was Keanu Reeves which kind of makes yeah. sense because of like the Matrix stuff and
0: right? that would have been he, more interesting to me Keanu Reeves like I have nothing against Jude Law either but like I just don't think he worked there and well, then, like Mads Mickelson, um, he
1: kind of feels wasted almost. yeah
0: so anyways that's my explanation of my bottom tier Marvel but that being said everyone I think I enjoy at least enjoyed like didn't hate anything above Thor the Dark World. So 24 and up at least even Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel and Thor like Iron Man 2 all all, kind of that bottom tier. I still left the theater going that was that was good or even when I rewatched them there's none that I go do I want to skip other than Thor the Dark World and Incredible Hulk and I think that's very telling when I do my MCU rewatch do I ever contemplate should I just skip this one? And I feel like with Thor or sorry, incredible Hulk and Thor, the dark world. Those are the only two where I'm like, I, I just don't think I can do it. <laughs> so right. anyways, that's my, well, they're making
1: it harder now for you as well, because some of it does have, you know, connective sort of tissue to, um, you know the rest of the mcu with oh Wayne yeah Bird and, and, th- and
0: exactly yeah and which is why i I remember putting a poll on twitter and everyone's like you should watch them and i feel like that's why i end up watching them each time and with you know abomination coming back we saw him in the trailer for Sh- uh, shang chi and i was just like okay so they're making you have to watch this stuff now which is right. fine But uh, anyway, go ahead, Eric. Sorry, I took too much time. Yeah,
1: no, 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 it's okay. I'll just run through this really quickly. Uh, So my number one is Iron Man 3. My number two is Spider-Man Homecoming. My uh, number uh, three is Black Panther. My number four is WandaVision. Number five is Guardians of the Galaxy. Number six is Iron Man. Uh, Number seven is Avengers Endgame. Number eight is Spider-Man Far From Home. Number 9 is Avengers. Number 10 is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Number 11 is Thor Ragnarok. Number 12 is Avengers uh, Infinity War. 13 is Doctor Strange. Uh, 14 is Captain America the First Avenger. 15 is Black Widow. 16 is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, 17 is Ant-Man. 18 is Thor. 19 is Captain Marvel. Uh, 20 is Captain America... Uh, the Winter Soldier uh, 21 is Captain America's Civil War, 22 is Ant Man and the Wasp, 23 is Iron Man, 24 is Avengers Age of Ultron, uh, 25 is Thor the Dark World, and coming in at number 26, The Incredible Hulk.
0: I uh, great, I, I love it, and I like how uh, w- there's a lot of similarities in our upper tier. And then it's the middle to lower tier where I feel like we're all over the place when it comes to personal opinion on them, which I think is kind of interesting. Like, obviously, I have Ultron and the first Iron Man and uh, the Captain America uh, movies, the second and third one, uh, much higher than you do. Yeah. Um, and I have a couple things a lot lower, like Doctor Strange, Iron Man, uh, sorry, uh, Ant Man. I think we're kind of a Captain Marvel, pretty low too. But um, I think that's interesting, and I, I would, I would love. Uh, for you eventually to do a big rewatch? Because you usually only, you watch them and then you rewatch them here and there. But I don't think, have you gone like one to 26 No, very recently? No, I haven't I,
1: watched uh, Age of Ultron in quite some time.
0: I would just love in chron not chronological order, but release order one day. I know that's not your thing because you watch so much other stuff, but um, I'd just be curious because I've done it a couple times now and I find that my order completely switches um when it comes to based off memory and based off of rewatch. Um if that makes sense. Yeah. Um and I just I'd be curious to see where everything kind of lands. And 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 now I'm I'm curious to see where Loki is gonna land. I mean we're only halfway through so it's hard to really kind of speculate, but um I am really enjoying the show. It's just will it stick the landing uh like WandaVision and even WandaVision in that last episode doesn't completely stick the landing, but that show is, I think just such a wonderful kind of piece of the MCU um, that I'm curious to see. I mean, we're going to have a ton more additions to this. We're going to have it. Loki, Hawkeye, What If, uh, Spider-Man, Eternals, uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, I think there's another show that I'm missing. So there's like seven more entries on this this year. Ms. So. Marvel? Um, Ms. Is Marvel this is this year. Or year. Or yeah, that's year. this year as well. Oh, so wow, we're getting like five or six shows and four movies. So we're getting like 10 more entries into the MCU to put well, on this Well, then also, list you know, like
1: Moon Knight and She-Hulk are both filming right now. Right now for then, next year. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's no shortage <sighs> ain't no rest films, for the wicked man which is yeah. not a bad thing i like i like again like i love iron man 3 so much i would say that that the one i've probably watched the most though out of out of all of those is probably guardians of the galaxy um,
0: uh to the
1: point where i think i've tired it out same like, man I and i, I think that's why it's well for it me so much but and i, I still think that's love it it's like my it's like i agree me, it's the turning point for me where like i started to see these movies like as more kind of fun than just like complete fodder where like i think i was kind of just getting burnt out in the first phase with just the origin story or oh totally 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 i I,
0: by age of ultron i was burnt out too and i've come fully around and now i'm just full-on like (laughs) obsessed you're the Um, the,
1: uh you're the human torch of of mcu fans you're just flaming all the time
0: um thank you all for listening for this very kind of in-depth you know mcu and black widow review you can tell that um, Uh, you know, I'm a passionate guy when it comes to this stuff. So Um, thank you all for listening. It was a 3.5 for me, a three from Eric. Um, Excited to, you know, talk more MCU with all those shows and and movies that uh, we talked about. We'll review, um, you know, each TV show, probably the first couple episodes and then talk about it on the regular show on a week to week basis. And then maybe do spoiler casts. We'll try to uh, maybe do a spoiler cast for Black Widow. I don't know if we need to on this one, but um, but maybe can go even more in depth. So, um, but thank you all for listening. If you guys like this, we have a lot of other reviews we would love for you guys to check out. We just finished uh, the Tribeca Film Festival. So if you guys want to go back and look at our reviews for Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain, Uh, False Positive, uh, The Novice, uh, Wolfgang, Werewolves Within, uh, 12 Mighty Orphans, Fatherhood, Catch the Fair One, uh, Italian Studies, uh, and more. Um, Sorry, not Fatherhood, is isn't Tribeca. I was just reading it reviews. Um,
1: uh, (laughs) Kevin Hart wishes it was uh, Tribeca.
0: Other reviews that we have up that aren't Tribeca, you guys can check out. um, uh, Fatherhood, as I just mentioned, uh, another Disney movie, uh, Luca, which is now streaming on Disney plus as well. And we'll have a review for fear street part one, 1994 coming this week uh, as well. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And we'll have, I guess, a review per week for the films, uh, fear street trilogy. So that'll be kind of fun. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Uh, If you guys, uh, we would love it. If you guys checked out our Letterboxed HQ at untitled podcast, where we have all of our social links, all of our reviews, we'll put up our MCU lists, which I just talked about. Um, as well as um, all of our ratings and you know links to our personal profiles, all that kind of jazz. Uh, untitled underscore cast on all those other social medias. Uh, please drop us a review if you would be so kind. It really helps us out. Um, and as always, you can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Roarbeck. And I'm Eric Marchand. You can find
1: more of my video reviews at RogerStv.com slash Scene, and on the social medias at EM6211.
0: Until next time. Bye,
1: bye, Miss American Pie. Drove,
0: Drove the, Chevy the Chevy to the, to the, the levee, levee, but the levee, the levee was, dry. was dry. And good old boys <laughs> are sing, drinking <laughs> whiskey, whiskey and, and wine. <laughs> Singing, <laughs> this will be the day <laughs> that I Bye, everyone.